Welcome to Mind the Skills Gap, where we explore the barriers to skills transfer and how you can overcome them. In this mini-series, my colleagues and I share insights into the neuroscience of learning and practical ideas how you can use it to beat the transfer challenge. Welcome back to our series on neuroscience in learning. And today we're going to be talking about neuroplasticity, brain wiring. I'm very happy to have Karen back with us again today. So welcome back, Karen. So our brains use glucose, electricity and chemicals to fuel the activity of connected networks of neurons, which are covered with fatty sheaths called myelin sheaths. But how do they connect? Now, it just so happens the structure of the brain is the same for everybody. But at the same time, every brain is different because of those multiple connections that form and reform as you learn, as you grow, as you develop, as you mature and as you age. You might have heard a myth that the brain is fixed. When I was young and learning at university, we were told the brain was fixed and it couldn't really change. But actually, we now know that brains can change and do change, but they need work and they need time. So Hebb's law is a really famous law that talks about neurons that fire together, wire together. And that's what starts to create these networks, which are what enable us to do all the smart things we can do. But whilst neuroplasticity is really useful and can help us to change and rewire our brains, our brains actually want to resist change because change is energy consuming. All that glucose, electricity and chemicals have to come from somewhere. So what we tend to do is have networks switch each other on and off, creating different functions in our brain. So the different networks connect, but some of them turn each other on and some of them turn each other off. We have a default network, which is when you're kind of relaxed, when you're in a kind of perhaps a daydreaming state or just not really thinking about anything very hard at all, where the brain starts to create wider connections at the brain and it switches off the attention network. So what does this mean for us in terms of experimenting with the process of neuroplasticity and building new connections when we really want to do that in the real world of learning at work? Karen. Yeah. One in-between step that we often use is, like you said, experiment. Um, In this phase, we want people to think creatively and make new connections that they otherwise maybe wouldn't have made already. And what is our secret to achieving that? It is play. Now, play is often associated with how children learn. I mean, just watch a three-year-old learning social uh, conventions, uh, learning how to throw a ball. They are playing. They are having fun. But fun is also really good for learning as adults because it triggers creativity. It will help increase the variety of new connections in your brain. And you will think outside the box. Um, You will try new stuff and you will be enjoying it. Uh, Which is one of the main characteristics of play, that joy, uh, which has that high glucose cost. If you're having fun, it's worth the cost for your brain. Um, Some other characteristics of play are adding meaning to situations, being very actively engaged doing things over and over again in an iterative way, social interaction with each other, 
And that is very tightly connected to the learning processes that we already know. Think about rewards and feedback, uh, better memory, cognitive flexibility to adapt to new situations, and even stress regulation. So how do you get started with that? Because, you know, these are a lot of big words. But in fact, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Just think back to the games you used to love playing and adapt them to a setting that helps people learn. This can go from quizzing, having people make guesses, going on a scavenger hunt, even via Zoom, uh, adding a mystery element or a storyline, puzzles, competition. I bet you can come up with at least 20 games that you can use. And one small tip in here, make those games multi-sensory. Don't rely on words or pictures alone. Make it tactile. Get people moving. Add shapes, envelopes with secret messages, drawings, physical puzzle pieces, and use the space that you're in, whether it's physical or virtual. Thank you, Karen. And I think it's really important to add there that sometimes people think that people in senior positions don't want to play. And my advice is give them a go because they are so bored of sitting in meetings. They absolutely love playing. Exactly. So, thank you, Karen. That was really helpful. See you all again next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind the Skills Gap. If you liked it, hit subscribe. You can follow me, Stella Collins, on LinkedIn and find out more about how Stella Labs is tackling the skills gap at stellalabs.eu.